the light adds a nice ambiance. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we are not live, but we are being recorded. That's that's right. That's right. All right. Totally forget that the microphone is here. So, you want to just quickly say what's your name, where are you from, what's your story, uh, however much you want to share. Okay, sure. Uh, my name is uh, Benjamin Rosagru. I was uh, born in Budapest, Hungary. Uh, I went to study uh, uh, to Israel by myself when I was 14. Uh, in high, I went to high school. Uh, once I graduated high school, I went to Shibata Kotel, the old city in Jerusalem, and then I came to YU a year later. So now I'm here, and I'm very, very happy to, to be in America. Awesome. Awesome. It's actually funny, we didn't meet in YU. We met at a meal in Israel um, and then never saw each other. That's true. That's and then funny. met again in YU. Yeah, yeah, that was very, that was very, it was very surprising to meet you. And, and I, I, that reminds me of the story. I remember we, we invited family. And you said you used to have a Hungarian nanny. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> and uh, there was this word. Uh, Babakuchi. Babakuchi. Right. Babakuchi. And then, uh, then, then somehow that clicked. Yeah. <laughs> crazy, you know, like three years later, it just clicked. And, Dude, it's, uh, it's wild how that works out. Yeah, very spontaneous. It's funny how, like, I don't know, I have this feeling that, like, Hashem provides, like, little, little red herrings and like little clues in your life because like I found personally that like every narrative that has begun has always had a continuation it's like somebody from my past that I thought I just like you know met them and that's it and then suddenly in the future some sort of opportunity arises and it's like they're right back in my life and it's so strange that, I find this yeah. also. Sorry, what were you saying? No, no. I, it's it's. I, I find this also with like, like, things that occur, that like I find like ah oh, man I forgot something and I have to run back to, to wherever to to pick up the thing that I forgot, and it's like what's the point of this, and then suddenly something happens while I'm there that it's like, oh wow. There was a reason why I had to stop and go back. I don't know, I, I just started noticing that a lot more in my life, and I find it to be, like, just so fascinating. Right, so you believe that whatever happens to your life, it's, it's for a reason, it happens for a reason. Yeah, yeah, that, uh, yeah, definitely, everything that happens is for a reason, but it's, it's like, it's just cool to see it. The continuation after, like... Uh, yeah, it's, it's so cool to see it, and, like, I find myself actually wondering before a situation, like... Whenever I forget something and I have to go back somewhere, I think to myself, like, all right, what's going to happen that's going to make this trip worth it? Right. And I look out for it. I look out for it. It's, it's bumping into somebody in the hallway and just, you know, saying one word or, or something like that. It's always something random that just occurs. And I find it to be so, so fascinating. So you never know who you're going to meet. Like, exactly. Like, person and just like us, we can meet up like uh, several years later. And, exactly. Uh, and then the next thing you know, you're friends and it's years later and you're in a completely different continent. And uh, different culture, different language. And, and uh, yeah. you never know where the, where the next, part, next part of the story is going to happen. Yeah. 
It's interesting. I, I just think about uh, how I got to America. Uh, I was planning on staying in Israel. And then, you know, I spent five years in Israel, high school, and then I decided to go to Yeshiva. But I was, in the beginning, I, was, I really wanted to go to the army and draft. And then, you know, the more time you spend in Israel, you realize how the society works, and it's not for everybody. So education was also always important for me. So I decided I want to come to YU. And I just, one day, you know, uh, something clicked. It, it's been a long time. Uh, term dream of mine to come to America you know since I was mm -hmm. little and I remember maybe I was eight or nine years old and we used to have this uh, globe in our kitchen and one day I grabbed a knife and made an axe in New York City <laughs> and I told my parents one day I will go to America you know <laughs> one day I will make it it's kind of like you know sounds like a story from the 1930s when you wow. know the Eastern European immigrants arrived in America that's amazing so, and that just clicked you know that when this opportunity came in that I might have the option to come to Yeshiva University uh, I was like wow crazy so you never know you know how, how a story starts or how a story is going to be that end, is so or, cool or a life is a whole journey, really. Do Do you mind if we if we delve into your journey a little sure, bit? Of course, yeah, you can. Okay, that, awesome. Ask, uh, any question? It's a long story, and uh, yeah, I mean, so what, what, whatever you're comfortable with sharing. Of course, yeah, no problem. Um, so I guess let's start at the beginning. What was life growing up in in Budapest like? Um, so I I was born into uh, a secular Jewish family. And I had little uh, really relations with Judaism, and I wasn't really related to it. You know, my family would keep Hanukkah. I mean, I mean, light the candles on Hanukkah and then take us to Shul or Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur. But besides that, you know, maybe Pesach or something or Rosh Hashanah, like a meal, but nothing really much was going on. And that was until the age of 13. Now, at the age of 13, uh, it's an interesting thing that my story begins on Chodesh Elul, Rosh Chodesh, it was Rosh Chodesh Elul. Wow. My mother's a lawyer, and so she, she worked for Chabad many years, she, she helped them out many times when it came to legal stuff, and then one summer, like about, I had a bar mitzvah, you know, but there was no mechitza, really nothing, eight months after my bar mitzvah, my mother suddenly said, go to Chabad and put on tefillin, and I was like, mommy no way i'm not going you know just forget about it like i'm not from i i have no like i'm not related to these people i'm not interested at all in chabad and and and, and we are jews who dress up black and white and and i just don't understand the culture they seem very weird to me i'm sorry it's I just you know i i really enjoy wow. being who i am and i, I was it was really opposing i was really against the idea but you know how Yiddish mama works, you know, once someone, <laughs> something she decides, you know, she's gonna, she's gonna push it till the end. So, you know, due to, to the pressure I went. It's so funny how that, that stereotype stays true, even though you said your family was not affiliated with Judaism. Right, but for and some reason, and until today, she's not, she, she, she wasn't she's... able to explain, you know, why, why she sent me to Chabad to put on Philippe. For some reason, she, she felt it was important that, you know, the wow. rabbi should see me. Uh, since they worked together uh, on, on, you know, on several occasions before, so for some reason it was important for her. But she, until today, up until today, you know, she couldn't find the reason why it was, what was the, you know... That's wild. Reason. Uh, so yeah, so, you know, due to pressure, I went, went down to Chabad, and I remember entering the shul, the Chabad shul for the first time. It was a really old shul, so 
I was very late from Shachris. They were like already in Kiryasa Torah. Was there Rosh Chodesh El? You know the the Chodesh of the Tshuva, right? And so this is my when my real journey begins. I enter the shul and then the rabbi grabs my grabs my shoulder and, and asks me, you know, who are you? What are you doing here? And I and I tell him, you know, this is who I am and this is this is my mother and uh, you know she sent me to Shachris. And he was like, okay, very nice. You remember how to put on tefillin? I was like, yeah, you know, not really. So the rabbi had me help me put on tefillin. And I'm not going to lie, after Shachris, that was this amazing breakfast. Sponsored <laughs> by a very wealthy man from America. Because he, he's Hungarian. And, and so he's, because of his mother, Yartzai, he sponsored breakfast for, for more than a year. Wow. Uh, in the shul. And it was, cre- it was amazing. With pancakes and salmon and whatever you can imagine. So I was like, you know what? It's a good deal. I come to Shachris. After Shabbos, I get to eat, you know, like a five-star breakfast. I <laughs> so I kept on coming more and more. And then I, at some point, I just realized I don't come for the food anymore. I come for something else, something internal. Uh, something just clicked. And I, I had this desire this, this to come more and, and to learn more about what I'm actually doing, you know. So this is where, where the whole story begins. And, you know, I started to keep Shabbos. While uh, you're still in Budapest. While I'm still in Budapest. Really? You know, here and there, you know, one Shabbos a month, two Shabbos a month, you know, went for a meal, went for davening. And, and who, is, who are you learning from? From Chabad? From, from Chabad, yeah, from my Rebbe. Wow. And so the Chabad, you know, had this amazing, every year they take uh, hundreds of children to Eretz Israel to make them a bar mitzvah at the Kotel. So Chabad specifically from from Budapest or from no, all over from the world? No, from all around the world. And wow. from Europe, like from Russia, from Hungary, from from Spain, etc. So Chabad decided to take me on a trip, and it was free of charge. They charged nothing, and that was my first time in Israel. I was thirteen and a half, almost fourteen, uh, and that changed my life. It was an eight-day trip. I've been dreaming, you know, going to Israel for a long time. My parents are very Zionist. My whole family is very Zionist. I have a great-grandmother, you know, who's a Holocaust survivor, and they all dreamt of, you know, making Aliyah one day. It was wow. a long, long-term dream of, of ours, but for, some, for various reasons it didn't happen. You know, we had communism in Hungary for 40 years, and 45 years, and those who crossed the border, you know, they were shot, so it was very, very dangerous to leave the country. So my parents couldn't make it out on time. Uh, so they, you know, they had to stay, and they were stuck there at some point, you know, spoke no languages, whatever. And so I went to Israel for the first time. I remember this amazing eight-day trip. And the last day, that was my first Shabbos. The first Shabbos I kept was in Yerushalayim. In the really? Wow. I slept in a yeshiva called uh, the Diaspora Yeshiva. It's very, very, very... Oh, I've been there. I've been there. It's a you know, beautiful, it's very, beautiful very, place. Where the King David statue is. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the one with the metal door in the front? Right, right, right. Yeah, that one, that one. dude, that, that's a beautiful yeshiva. So that was my first Shabbos I ever kept. And, wow. Uh, and on the last day, we went down to, to the Minharuta Hotel, you know, the tunnels. Right. And there's this one specific point that's closest to the Beis Amikdash, where, you know, Kodesh Kodoshim. I've been there, yeah. And then, first time in my life, you know, something very special happened to me. The tour guy said, now nah, everybody, you know, close your eyes and talk to Hashem. Because he runs the word. And first time in my life, I talked to I talked to the college worker, you know, I closed my eyes and I said, I don't know what I'm doing and why I'm doing this, but I feel so connected. Help me to please allow me to to 
to join this journey, to enter the journey and to start my own journey. I want to come to Israel. I don't know how, I don't know when, I want to come to Israel as soon as possible. I want to learn languages and I want to grow in Torah. Please help me on this journey. So the day after that, you know, uh, we flew home. And, uh, I stayed at home because I was very, you know, tired and drained from the trip. I didn't go to school. My parents weren't home. And I remember sitting down on the couch and listening to Yimish Kachek Yerushalayim from Yaakov Shreki. I was crying for hours and hours and hours. And I was like, I want to go back. I have to go back. I feel like it's time, you know, to do tshuva. So I strictly started, started to keep uh, kosher and Shabbos. How old were you at this I point? Was, I was 14. Wow. And I said, it's time to, you know, it's time to do tshuva and, and I want to go to Israel. So at the time I was in a, in a private school. It was Jewish, sort of Jewish private school, you know, but there were a lot of going there too. And so one day, uh, you know, I was the from kid in the class with a kippah and tzitzis, but no one else was really from around me. And how was your family responding to this? Well, my, my, friend, my parents and my family, they've been always open-minded, you know, but obviously, you know, every change has its up and downs. And, right. And, and we definitely had, you know, a lot of pressure in the beginning and a lot of conflicts and arguments, but they supported the idea. And I will never forget when what my, you know, my parents told me that they're very proud of me. And they, they told me that, you know, we see this is what you want and, and we're going to support you all the way. You know, but definitely so, keeping Shabbos and telling your grandparents, sorry, I can't eat, eat, eat your food anymore. Especially imagine by Hungarians, you know, yeah. Hungarian food. It's all about the it's food. It's so amazing. Yeah. Tell your grandparents, sorry, it's not kosher, I can't eat it. There's a lot of sacrifice. That's, that's a lot there. That's a lot there. Wow. Also with Chavez. Uh, so I was in the school and I remember I, I said, it's time. I want to go to Yeshiva. So I called up my rabbi. and uh, The I rabbi said, from Chabad. The rabbi from Chabad. I said, uh, rabbi, I want to go to Yeshiva. He's like, okay, let's go to, you can go to any Chabad Yeshiva you wish to go to, you know. Uh, so I was like, okay, I'm very excited. I told my parents. My, my dad is a, a journalist. Really? Uh, yeah. And my mom is a lawyer. They both professionals. They were like, you know, no way, you're not going to yeshiva. You know, you have to finish high school here, or whatever. So right. I was devastated. And then I asked my rabbi to look for an alternative option. And so he said, okay, give me a few weeks. Um, and a few weeks later, he found this place called Chalavim. Yeshiva Tichonit Chalavim. It's a yeshiva high school in Israel, which provides a full Bargard certificate, you know, high school certificate. You also learn Torah. So at the end of the story, Evan is going to be happy. Ah, okay. So, so they, they were fine because at least you were getting a high school education. As, uh, yeah, correct. So, you know, I was, I was very excited about the idea. And it was definitely a long way. And I had a lot of conflicts with my classmates over, you know, over that year because I was from and uh, it wasn't anti-Semitic at all or nothing like that but you know you feel different when you put on tefillin and you're only only one in the class who puts on tefillin and several occasions there were several occasions when my classmate you know you know just grab my kippah and, and throw it around and it wasn't anti-Semitic or it's it not just, but it, kids are kids you know kids are kids and it was yeah. a joke but it was really really painful for me and I remember one day I was downing you know it was it was amazing, like education that the school provided, and I had one of the my you know my best teachers there. But uh, we had like fifteen minutes break between classes, and we started classes at seven o'clock. So the school was about uh, an hour and something away from me, an hour and thirty away from me, thirty minutes. 
So I have to wake up every day at 5.30, get on the bus, get to school, and when it's a winter, you can't daven in the morning, right? So mm. I needed to put on tefillin later. Ah, anyway, so you had so, to daven in school. Yeah, so I put on tefillin between the break, usually at 8, 8.15, and 15 minutes to daven. I remember I was davening, it was in the middle of Shmonastri, I reached Shmakolenu, and then, you know, kids were playing around, and one of, my ki- ki- one of the kids, you know, grabbed my kippah and threw it out the window. It was freezing, freezing cold outside. I was standing there in the middle of the class, you know, I didn't have, I have to admit, I didn't have many friends. I lost most of my friends while I became religious. And, and there was definitely a distance that, you know, that was created between, between my family and I, because due to, you know, the journey that I started. Uh, but I have to emphasize that today I'm very close to my parents and without them, I would have not been able to come this far. Wow, that's amazing. Uh, that's so good. So I remember that that I was down in Shmonastri, I reached my Kalena, a kid grabbed my kippah and throws out the window. And I just, you know, standing in the middle of the class, I didn't know what's Allah right, proper Allah is gonna stop, go down, pick my kippah up, or should I keep on davening? So, you know, I stopped, I went down. I, it was, our, our classroom was on the fourth floor, so it was, you know, I went down the stairs, I left the building, and I was outside, and I find my kippah in the snow, I grabbed it and I looked up to the sky and I said, you know, like, Bonashalonam, take me out from here, please. I, I, I feel like I need to leave, I need to start my journey. I, I, can my fi- I can't find myself here spiritually. It's, it's, I want to grow. Please help me to achieve my goal. So my rabbi called a week later with, you know, with Shalvim, that if he find the right place for me and my parents would agree eventually. Wow. And so this is eight months later, my, my journey began in Eretz Israel, I remember arriving there, and you know, finally we have, in the school we had kosher food, we have shachris, we have, we have mincha, we have mariv, and everyone were from around me. In my previous school, we did, I did, you know, didn't have kosher food, and all I would do, I would study all day, finish classes at five, six, and I wouldn't go home, I would go to Chabad, I would daven, and eat, and learn, and you know, go home and study, so that was going on for wow. a year, and at that time I didn't have friends. Mamash didn't have friends. So, and only my best friend stick with me until today. He's an amazing guy. He's, in, he's studying in England today, university. Wow, that's that's how you know it's a true friend. It's a true, friend. A true and, friend, and I have to tell you, for six months I didn't talk to him because I lost everybody. I was so scared of the pain. That I was like, if I tell him I became from, might he, oh, he, he might also leave leaves me. So I, I didn't want to you know, face that, that, it, that possibility. So he calls me up one day. He's like, "What's going on?" <laughs> I'm like, "Listen, I, I I'm from, and I understand if you don't want to be friends with me anymore because most of my friends left me already. So it's like, and he was like, "Okay, then who cares?" <laughs> I was like, "You know, it comes at a, you know, it's like we can't go to trade restaurants anymore. We can't eat here. I keep Shabbos, so Friday Friday nights and Saturdays are are off the schedule. So you know, it's it's quite complicated. It's like, okay, uh, it's not gonna change who you who you are as a person." It's like, you know, I'm, I'm still going to be your friend. So he's really, really true friend you know, wow. for today. And that, that one friend I kept from Hungary, you know, the rest I left it there. Uh, so I arrived in Eretz Israel and away from home, I packed three suitcases. I land with, uh, with an Elad flight in Ben Gurion and I'm ready for the new journey. First time I saw my father cry was at the airport. My father is a very, very strong man, a very kind man. Ramesh full of, full of kindness, you know. Uh, he only wants the best for his children and 
but he would never cry. He also had a very tough childhood. He was thrown out from home, thrown out from home when he was fourteen. You know, and he really struggled a lot throughout his lifetime. But he would never cry. And when I when I you know boarded the flight, he I was just, I was just about to go in you know, and check in and board my flight. He cried at the airport, and that was you know very emotional. Wow. So three suitcases, and I'm ready to start a new journey you know in Eretz Israel as. As I asked Rabbi Shalom a year and a half uh, earlier, you know, to help me to get on the journey, and I was finally able to start it. So I arrive in the school, you know, We have we have tefillot, we have learning, we have from kids around me. Only problem is I don't speak any languages, no Hebrew, no English, no Hungarian, no. I mean, yeah, you know, like I, I wasn't able right. to to talk to the people around me. What what did you do? So you know, I said. I gotta put effort into this, and and I sat down. I opened the Hebrew textbook, and I started to learn. They make Hungarian Hebrew textbooks. No, it was an English te- textbook. So I would translate from Google Translate. You know, I would, I would translate from first from Hebrew to English to Hungarian. Oh my so, goodness! So that's insane. Right. So this that's is how insane. I learned. Yeah. Wow. Then, that's uh, that's dedication. Right. So I, I did that for about a year, and I learned Hebrew first. I, I, I started to speak Hebrew after eight months, and English came much later. English is definitely a harder language. Um, it's a more, much more complicated language. So that's why I don't understand what Americans say, you know, I, I don't know how to speak Hebrew. <laughs> you know, I'm stuck on the Paron, but then, you know, it's just such an easy language. I mean, it could be, you know, since I'm European, it's different for me, but... Uh, so I learned English, Hebrew. English and Hebrew, and I graduated, you know, with a very high average, Baruch Hashem, I made new friends for life, met many families, and then had an amazing journey there, a lot of growth throughout the years, uh, but at this one point, you know, I was alone in Israel, and they would, I remember, I was having a very hard time in the beginning finding a place for Shabbos to stay, and, and you know, sometimes you just want to spend time with family, but you don't have your own family there. Yeah. And it was 11th grade, and in Israel, 11th grade, you have the finals, you have very, very hard exams at the end of the year. And I remember I was very, having a very, very hard time. And so a summer before 11th grade, I was here in America for the first time. I went to Grand Heights, and I got to meet my mentor, Avram Fried. Wow. He's a, he's, he's a, you know, he's a, he's a guy I look up to. He inspired me to become religious with his songs. Really? You know? yeah. Wow. And I started to listen to his songs even be- before understanding what, what the words mean, you know. And I remember every time I would take the bus in Hungary to school at 6 o'clock in the morning, I would just put it in Avram Fried, you know, listen to Avram Fried. That is so cool. Uh, so and much, the, and so you got to meet him? And I got to meet him finally. And the way I met him was very interesting. So I, I landed in GFK and... We drove straight to the... I came with my rabbi from Hungary. So we right. drove, drove straight to the Ohel in Queens, by the rabbi, to the rabbi, Elijah Zerbekeber. And it was a very, very special experience. Did and you do the knocking? Yeah. Yeah, you did I the did knocking? I, I, know, yeah, I, I just learned knocking. about that. Yeah, it's, it's so it's, creepy. It's, it's, yeah, I know. It's, it's, and so I said some Tehillim there. And the only thing I wished for, if I could meet Avram Fried only for 10 minutes and thank him, all the great things that he had done, you know, he had done to me without him even, you know, knowing that he, he had done right. so much with his music. 
So on the following day, I, I'm walking to 770 to the main Chabad Shul for Shachris, and I get a call from my rabbi. He's like, he's like, I have a surprise for you. I know you like Avram Fried, so I organized a meeting. <laughs> oh my God. I'm like, wait a second. I did not tell my rabbi that I want to meet Avram Fried. Yeah, I kept to myself. So that's that's Marish miracle that happened at the Oha. Wow. So, you know, I, I go to the mikveh, I learn, like, for me, meeting Avram Fried is like, wow, like, uh, it, was, it was very, very exciting. And I remember uh, getting into the elevator, going up to the fourth floor, um, and the, the door opened, and, uh, and Avram Fried is standing there, and he says, Shalom Aleichem. And I'm shocked, you know, I, I can't talk. I'm like, I'm, 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 I have a meeting with Avram Fried, I, I see him in person, I'm, I'm like, I'm, you know, I'm speechless. So we sit down in the living room, and he's like, okay, Benyamin, what's your story? So I tell him, I tell him my story, how much I struggled in Hungary, how much I struggled in Israel, and 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 his music, Mamish inspired me every day up until today. You know, every time I sad or have a hard time, I listen to Avram Fried, and that gives me chizuk to keep on going and keep on, you know, growing in in in, uh, in in Torah mitzvot and 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 you know, never give up. You know, he has a famous song, "Keep Climbing." You know. And that he says there, you know, keep climbing and don't let nothing stand in your way, you know. And um, and so his music really inspired me. So I tell him my story, and and he got really inspired, and he was like, take my number. And keep in touch. So we kept in touch over the years. So back to that point in eleventh grade when I had finals, it was very very hard, you know, being alone in Israel and and making connections. And I'm only fifteen, you know, making. You know, bring bread. I'm going every Shabbos, and how I'm gonna figure out this, and how I'm gonna figure out you know Sukkot when when they close the dorms, and there's a lot Dude, of pressure. Trust me, I feel you. I I also went to high school in New York. Oh wow. Yeah, so like it's not quite the same as going to high school in a different country, but I I know exactly what you mean. That hustle. I know the feeling and then so you get well. Your classmates who just go home. And exactly, like, everybody just coming. goes home, and it's like whatever. And then you're sitting there in the dorm room, and you right. know, on Friday and afternoon, like, like, all right, oh we're. Oh my god! Yeah, I'm going for Shabbos. Oh know? my yeah. gosh, dude, I feel you so hard. Yeah, this just, yeah, it's definitely uh, the, It's an experience. It's an experience, but you know, we we grow from challenges. This how we become more yeah. mature, and 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 really sets these these kind of experiences really set you up for life. Yeah. So at this point, right, uh, so he off- he offers you his number. He offers me number, and I jump six months ahead when I'm already back in Shalavim and studying for my final exams. And it was winter, and and I broke, I broke down, I, and I said it's just too much. Maybe I should just give up. I, I was not getting good grades at all. I was working extremely hard, studying six seven hours a day, and it was just not going. The material was too much. I was taking math. I was taking physics. Uh, only in Hebrew and 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 you know I, I I was like okay maybe I should just give up it's just too much and so I I I text Avram Fried was like before I would give up I would text Avram Fried I texted him he answered me five minutes later and I asked if I can you know have a call and he said sure of course we can have a call and so I called him on the same day and I expressed him my disappointment and my feelings I said. I, I just feel like it's, 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 my time is up here and then it's time to go back, to, you know, to Hungary, maybe I should give up and, 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 and just, you know, throw everything away. And then he said, first of all, he was, he was like, 
I asked you to keep in touch and we were not in touch. You did not update me, like what was going on. I was very interested. <laughs> but it was like, Binyamin, talk to your rabbin, talk to your mashpia. And then he gave me this mashal, I will never forget. You know, he's like, he asked me, have you ever climbed Matsada? I said, yeah, you know, when there are a few times. So sometimes when you're going, you know, somewhere, you're going up, you know, up, up in the mountain in life, and when sometimes when you're climbing Matsada, you get tired in the middle of the way. And you look up and you see clouds. And you can't see the top of the mountain. You can't see your goals, where are you heading. So you ask yourself, what am I doing here? And you look back, maybe I should just go back, go down. No, give up everything. Well, you know, there's so much struggle for nothing. I can't even see the end goal. And then he said to me, stop for a second. Look back and see all the way that you have done so far. Why would you turn back? It would be such a waste. As I keep wow. on going, I'm sure everything will work out eventually. It's Hashem. So I took his advice. I kept on working hard and, you know, finished with a hundred average. Mamash, hundred average. And I graduated. And, uh, you know, Baruch Hashem. Eventually everything just, you know, worked out. And then here I went today at the Shiva University. My parents are very proud of me. Made a lot of new friends. That's wild. And, uh, wait, wait, wait. So, so, so you graduated high school. Yeah, I graduated high school. And then what did you do following high school? Uh, so Corona came during high school. Oh, okay. And uh, there was this amazing family that took me in. I wasn't able to go home for two years. Uh, really? COVID restrictions. If I leave the country, I can't come back. Wow. So I was like, you know, I would rather not go back to Hungary. Uh, so I was in, stuck in Israel for two years. I Meanwhile, I graduated and went to Yeshiva. And there was a really nice family that took me in for the whole summer. And they... And the Schwartz family, you know, they have done so much. Shout out to me. the Schwartz family. Yeah, they, they, they the best. Schwartz's are the best, you know. <laughs> I haven't had a summer vacation for a long time, you know, because I would go home and, and, you know, spend some time with my family and go back to Yeshiva and, like, keep on studying. For three years, you know, it was really a part that was missing from my childhood. So this family came and really, you know, they took me on vacations. They took me to hotels that summer and they, they treated, treated me as their own. And I will be forever grateful for that, you know. And wow. I started Yeshiva, and they also guided me to YU, and, and they helped me so much, you know. And, you know, when you see people do so much chesed for you and kindness, you, you have this, you set up a new goal that you want to return that, you know, and give it back one day. So that's why I'm really thriving for, you know, through Hashem to be in a position one day where I'm able to contribute and help other people too. That's so, fascinating. How, yeah. do, how do you envision that looking? I, I don't know. I, I, I just know that, that if I work hard enough, then it will become reality one day. Just like when I was 10 and marked uh, New York with a kitchen knife, you know, I made an X. Oh. I drew an X on, on the globe. I'm, I'm sure that everything will become a reality, reality if you really be, uh, believe in it. You know, there's a, there's a way if there is a will. You know, you just got to believe. And really, that's true for everything, you know. Sometimes you break down and sometimes things don't work out. But at the end of the day, they're not supposed to, you know, they were not supposed to work out the way. But it's going to, somehow it's always going to be. That's what my mother says. Somehow it's always going to be something. But you just got to keep on working hard. And, and I believe that if someone, you know, works hard and determined enough to, to say, these are my goals and this is what I'm tiring for you will reach it one day, you know. It's really, you should not, not let anything stand in your way, because, you know. 
Wow. So it's definitely a lot of tefillot, you know, rely on Hashem. But it's like the, uh, there's a famous mashal, uh, you know, I read it in Hanukkah with the Jadal, you know. It's no, some people say, I want Aleph. Why do you want Aleph? Because Aleph is the first letter. Aleph is the best. So I want always the, f the best for me. Yeah, of course, everyone wants, wants the best. And you put in so much effort and you, do, you, you, you spin the dreidel and you get the base. And then you ask yourself, wow, oh, but it's not Aleph. Did you, you, but you have to ask yourself, did I put in the right effort? Yes, you did. From then on, it's in the hands of, of, of the Kaddish Baruch Hu. Wow. So these are always the basics of Emuna. You just got to believe, put in the right effort, you do your part and Hashem will do His part. Yeah, but don't try to overthink and control everything because, you know, nothing is really in our control. Fascinating. Yeah. So, if you had one thing that you wanted everybody to know, could be about yourself, could be about life, do you know what that one thing would be? Like, having gone through such a epic story of like it's of epic proportions and having so much life experience is there anything that you would say like that you wish everybody knew yeah um i think as i said if people you know we we live in an interesting society Living in an interesting world, and I was born Hungarian, and I saw the limited options I have there, and then I went to Israel when I was fourteen, and I saw how my life worked out, and we just gotta don't take things for granted. I've seen so many families, you know, so many people, and sometimes even I, you know, I, I became from when I was fourteen, but for me today, Shabbos is just Shabbos, just like for everybody else, you know. It, there was this special feeling in the beginning; it's still special. It's not the same at you know at certain point, but we have to realize don't take things for granted you never know when 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 things can disappear and try to appreciate you know what you have there's a I just read that from Rav Dester in Mikta Miliyahu that uh, that he says something very interesting he has the questions when Amisra is going to realize that you can't rely on anything that you know in this world and like in, in uh, you can't rely on Gashmias. You can have a shop and it can disappear. You can have a family and they can be gone. And your life can be in danger in the day. Don't rely on the on the external things because the only thing you can rely on is Binyana Torah, is Amuna, and it, and it's Hashem. So don't think th take things for granted, and and try to see you know because just like we saw during Corona. Every, anything can, can, can disappear in a year. You can go into lockdown. You, you can't see your friends. You can't see your loved ones. So rely on Hashem and try to have tremendous appreciation for the things that you have. Thank you, Hashem. I woke up. You know. Like, I, I, I see, thank you for Hashem every day, you know, in Moedim, in, in, in when I dive in Shkona uh, Esri. And I say, all the all the nisim that you do with, with, with us every day and it's a nest that i can wake up and can do my my avoda you know and i think it's beautiful so don't think take things for granted and try to see the good and wake up with a mission every day you know and ask yourself before you go to sleep and before you say kiri achma ask yourself was it a meaningful day did i do my hundred percent and if not there's no problem with that you should just know that every day is a new opportunity and appreciate what you have in life wow Appreciate every Shabbos, every every Simcha, and and that we you know we were uh, 
We were, we were, we were so excited to be the, the chosen one. So, that was wow. It's fascinating. I, I just I read something recently about uh, Modani that we say Modani lefanecha melachav kaim sheichazarat the binishmasi bechemla raba emunasecha. There's a hyphen after bechemla, right? As a grammatical point to note that the following words are a separate idea. Rabba Munasecha, abundant is your faithfulness. So most people translate it as Bechemlo Rabba Munasecha, one continuous statement. However, that hyphen tells us that it's just supposed to be Rabba Munasecha on its own. So what is, what is God's belief? Rabba Munasecha, if, if you separate it as a separate uh, subject, then what does God believe in? Rabba Munasecha, but is your faithfulness in us? Wow. Not sweet. It's, it's, I just, I just thought it was a very eye opening. I forget who, who says it, but just the, the notion that, that God believes in us more than we believe in ourselves is, is mind blowing. Uh, yeah, and I think it's beautiful. As you said, the, in this week's parsha, it says, last week's parsha, in Mishpatim, it says, Nasev Nishma. So what is Nasev Nishma? So according to Rashi, Nasev Nishma is very, very simple. Amisra says, we are going to do all the mitzvahs that you commanded us, and we are ready to listen to the, you know, the mitzvahs in the future, whatever you command us, we will do it. But there's another pshat. Nasev Nishma says, we're going to do it, and then we listen to the reason. So people today want explanation for everything, but it makes sense. Why would I do something without getting a proper explanation why I'm doing it? Rabbi Nachman from Breslov asked the question, you know, how can I, what is a Muna? How can I explain to someone what is a Muna? And he answers to himself, he says, how do you explain the taste of an apple? You can't explain it, you know. With time, once you taste it, you know it. But you can't explain it. So the same thing when it comes down to Torah mitzvahs. You experience it, you do, the, you, you do the mitzvahs, and you gain more understanding over time. But we can't know anything. So just like as you said, by, with time, you're going to realize smaller and smaller details. You know, what's really... Modeani, the first thing we say in the morning, and we pay attention to little, little details over time. What it really means, you know, Modeani. What is Modeani? Why are we saying thank you? And as you just said, and you just realized, Hashem has more faith in us then we we have faith in ourselves you know so Torah mitzvahs comes down the bottom line is that you gotta do the Torah mitzvahs and you will gain understanding you know over time and that's Nasa Nishma. first you gotta do it experience it and then you you know knowledge will come along the way but wow. don't expect to know everything at first sight yeah it's fascinating yeah of course you can't you can't describe experiential information right so that's correct. What would you say was like the clincher when, when, when you were going through this whole journey? And then like at what point were you like, all right, I'm, I'm all in? I think when I, when I went to, when I'm all, what, what do you mean? When I, when I really like decided I'm just. Like I'm going for this. I, you, you, under, uh, you understood Israel, what it's going to cost? In, in, in Israel. Uh, I didn't understand the sacrifice, you know, it was interesting. I, I was just, and, and you know what? I didn't even care to sacrifice. Like, 
in a way, I did sacrifice, you know, my family that I, I decided to pursue a different lifestyle and I did sacrifice, I did decided to, you know, sacrifice my friends, but I, I just didn't care. I saw it's, it's for, I'm pursuing a better goal. Like I'm pursuing a goal that I really, really want. And I, and, and, you know, I wish I could transfer that feeling to you, but I think that happened in, you know, on, in Minharata Kotel, in, in the tunnel, you know, in the tunnels in Yerushalayim. Wow. That place, you know, closest to Kadosh Kadoshim. But the first time, you know, I talked to Rubon Shalom when I closed my eyes and, and it happened there. I was like, I'm all in. I experienced Shabbos in the old city. Do I need more? Wow. I don't need more than that. You know, I'm just ready to, to enter the journey. That's fascinating. Yeah. Where do you see your journey taking you? So, so that's the thing. I, I never know. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. It. I always say I know nothing. I, I, re- I really know nothing. Plans change over time. I'm, I'm just putting in the right effort. I'm, I'm, I'm studying hard. I'm pursuing good grades. I'm trying to, you know, make connections and become friends with many people as possible. And I, I'm working myself. I'm also working with my midot, you know, trying to become a per- better person every day. And, uh, and as I said, I wish I can, I wish I, one day I can, you know, return all the tremendous good that I receive from other people and contribute to, to, to our society in, in a way. And, and I, I, I will hope we reach that point. But for now on, I, I, I always say, I, I don't want to see the whole picture because there is no point. I always see, you know, one piece of puzzle, you know. So every step that you make, every every little step you make, you know, you want to see the progress. So I see the little progress I'm making. A little progress is, you know, I'm putting in the right amount of effort. You know, I don't know where this whole journey will take me. <laughs> and who, who knows? No one knows. But I, I really believe that you just got to focus on what in front of you. Because whatever happened in the past, it's part of the past. Whatever the present will decide the future. We're worrying over the future, we decide nothing. So you hold the future by... By, put, by doing the right thing in the present. You know what I mean? Like people always say, oh, well, I'm so worried about my future. I, 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 I don't know if I'm going to get that, a job. That is me. That is me. I am so worried about the future. Give up on a job at J.P. Morgan. You know, stop, <laughs> stop, 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 stop worrying about the job at J.P. Morgan. If it's supposed to happen, it will happen. You just have to put in the right effort. You hold the future with your present. Past, we gotta let it go. You know, we all make mistakes. We all do shtuyot. Who doesn't? You know, we human beings. That's why it's what shua is for, right? But at the end of the day, don't think about the big picture. You're gonna get a headache. Everybody gets a headache. Just try to think it. You know, don't overthink. You know, leave that to Hashem. He runs the world. You know, your job is your hishtad. The the, the, the hishtad that you have to put in every day. You know, so that's that's the main main message. Wow. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you, Ali. It was uh, Can you good this was, this was you This much. is a phenomenal schmooze. Uh, how much was that? 50 minutes or something? Yeah, 40, 43 minutes. Wow. Wow. It was amazing. Yeah. I really enjoyed talking to you. That was awesome. Thank you. Um, uh, hopefully, we get to have you back. Uh, yeah. 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 All right. Amazing. <laughs> Thank you.